won't hit hard. Stretch. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawks win. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Welcome to a new episode of the Cloudgate Sports Podcast. We got PT, Jay, Pat, and me on uh, tonight's episode. We'll be touching on the Bears' offseason goals with uh, what positions we're going to fill, maybe a little bit draft talk, and then, of course, the clusterfuck of the Hawks and the Bulls. But we're going to start off with the Bears. PT, go on and take us away, buddy. Well, yeah, so we haven't talked about the Bears in a while. They're kind of been put in our backseat um, seasons over a long time ago. But we'll, we'll start off, um, we'll talk about kind of what the Bears need right now, uh, kind of looking at free agency. Um, obviously, I, there's been talks um, about bringing another quarterback in. Um, we can kind of start talking about, um, I know the most recent one that everyone kind of started bringing up recently was Derek Carr. I just want to kind of know how you guys are feeling about feeling about that possibility. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Maybe Max going back to uh, Oakland. Maybe that was the point of the picture. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Uh, but I would be surprised. I would not be surprised <laughs> if that happens. I would be. I would be shocked. But uh, Derek Carr, I think, would be a good fit. But we were talking about it earlier in our little group chat that we got. That uh, Carr does have a lot of money on his contract, and I don't think that it would be worth spending the amount of money that he's due even if Oakland does take a chunk of the money to have him be our backup quarterback, other than maybe look at, like, an Andy Dalton or a Mariota in this kind of situation? Yeah, I think Carr's contract when I saw was a five-year, $125 million, and I think he's still got three years left on that contract, so he'll be a UFA in 2023. And I think if the source I looked at was right, the Bears have like five million in cash space right now. They basically have nothing. Yeah. So we'd have to ship out like I think the top three spenders are on our team is Quill, Leonard Floyd, and Allen. So one of those guys would have to go, and I just don't see the worth of having a sixty million dollar quarterback as our backup. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only way we bring in Derek Carr is if uh, we package Trubisky in a deal and <clears throat> send him to the Raiders, but um, I think Trubisky is going to be here at least another year. We'll yeah. bring in more of a like an Andy Dalton, Mariota type tier guy that like you were saying, and uh, yeah, I mean that's I don't I don't see them bringing in some guy that's going to put too much pressure on Trubisky just because they've made it a point to that he's our guy for at least next season so far. So uh, I don't think they want to uh, make themselves look bad, and that would give uh, the fans the wrong idea. Yeah. So. Well, well, and here's the thing. I don't want Derek Carr. Fuck the guy. I don't want him. Um, <laughs> the other thing, though, too, is I think what the Bears want to do is they want to bring in a guy that will push Mitch um, and that will and 
give him some competition. And I'm all for it because if he folds, then we know that we made that it's not the end of the world, and that we, we I guess we all were right about him. He's dog shit. Well, yeah, and I mean um, the Titans did it this season too. I mean we saw that with Tannehill. Exactly. They decided to pull the plug. Exactly. So I'm all for bringing the competition. Um, and if he folds, he folds. We'll see you later, Mitch. But I'm not on him yet. Um, so like I said, I'm still kind of up in the air about who we bring in. I don't want Derek Carr. Um, he can stay in LA now or in Vegas and go enjoy himself. Um, I think another position we need to talk about right now, too, um, is on the offensive side as well with the tight ends. Um, we yep. just signed uh, former Chiefs and Browns tight end Demetrius Harris to a one-year deal. Um, I'm kind of like, you know, people are kind of like, who is this guy? And I, I remember kind of hearing him a little bit um, last year. He, he, I think he was the number two with the Browns. Um, he looks absolutely massive in some of these pictures I see of him. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I think it's it's going to be better than dog shit um, Shaheen. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that it's, that's not it for them kind of picking up tight ends. Uh, Jordan Reed just got released by the Redskins. Um, Eric, That'd be an interesting There's been uh, speculations with Eric Ebron. Um, so it, this tight end position definitely needs to be continue to be improved. Um, but I, I think there's guys out there for that as well. Yeah. Um, and PT, me and you were kind of talking about this earlier. Uh, again, with the Nagy uh, connection. Yeah. Played uh, with the Chiefs while Nagy was there. So a lot of guys that have played with Nagy in the past are kind of making their way to the Bears. So that's going to be interesting to see how that works. Hopefully we don't see any favoritism from uh, Nagy towards uh, this new guy. But it's definitely going to be interesting. And I don't know about you guys, but I like the uh, option of Eric Ebron. Uh, I know he's struggled a little bit the last year or so, but he's a good guy to have. With the Bears and the things that they're trying to do with this off- offense, I feel like he'd be a perfect fit for that. Uh, plus, Eric Ebron's a good name, so definitely doesn't hurt to have him at tight end. Like, I mean, we didn't have anybody at tight end last year. It, we were one of the worst, maybe even the worst in the league at the tight end position. So it'd be nice to get a good name at the tight end position. Well, that's why I was surprised we didn't even we weren't even interested in Greg Olson, and you know now he's going to the Seattle Seahawks. So. I mean, that was a guy I think a lot of Bears fans would have liked to see come back. Yeah, Especially definitely. with the uh, tight end situation we have now. I mean, for us to not even consider him was kind of off-putting. So, but uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, Greg Olson was even waiting for the Bears to contact him, and he didn't get anything. So just shows where the Bears are at right now, honestly. And, and I'll chime in real quick on that, too. I, I don't mind that move. Um, Olsen's been uh, uh, hurt um, pretty much the past couple of years, um, and we—that's the last thing we kind of need to deal with. Um, it, I feel like we always get stuck with a tight end that's always hurt. Obviously with Burr and Sheen, so I, I think that's what they're kind of were afraid with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, Greg Olson's a great name, but I think we have to kind of get over names now and just just go True. find someone that's going to block and catch a ball for us. Especially after the injury bug caught us this past season, yeah. definitely don't want any more of that. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I'm not too hurt on the Greg Olson going to Seattle just because he is very injury-prone in Carolina. And like I said, with Shaheen and, and Trey, they just couldn't stay healthy at all. But, uh, Brandon, you mentioned Eric Ebron. I actually really like that name. And if you look at his stats, he struggled a lot last year, but I don't blame that on him because with the Colts last year, the whole like 
Andrew Watkins deciding to retire just before the preseason, and Jacoby Brissett gets thrown in there, and really can't, you can't expect him to do that much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in 2018, Eric had 13 touchdowns. How about tight end? That's pretty damn good. Um, and then last year in 2019, he only had three. So I wouldn't pin a lot of that on uh, Eric's skill himself. I mean, he's been in the league for a long time. He's definitely proven his name. Uh, I would pin that more on the whole quarterback. It's an entire like, horrible situation that the Colts fans were in last year. Yeah, so I think the tight end is definitely a position that we need to keep an eye out for, especially kind of moving in the next couple of weeks. Um, one other uh, one that's kind of an interesting thing, too, um, there's been questions about Prince of Mukamara and what we should do with him. Um, you know, I think um, he's going to get let go just for a couple of reasons. Send him to the sun. Shut up. Send him to the sun. I, Prince, I feel like he played hurt almost an entire season last year, and I was not about it. Like, he just always ended up hurting oh. us. I feel like once a game, he just got burnt for a touchdown, and I would just lose it. Well, Send him to well, the you sun. you can see uh, – this past season compared to when or two seasons ago, like there you could see a huge drop off, and it wasn't just in Prince Mukamura; it was in a lot of guys. And I think uh, you know, like you said, a lot of guys playing injured, and just I don't know, maybe it was a shakeup uh, with losing Fangio, but uh, guys just didn't seem to be on the same page this season, and <clears throat> it really showed. I mean, they were still a, a great offense, but or a great defense, but it's hard to do what they did two seasons ago and repeat that the next season. Like, the things they accomplished two seasons ago, no one expected them to come out and do the same thing again. But, I mean, still you could tell there, there was a huge drop-off in performance. Yeah, and I, like I said, it's just I think with him kind of being injured last year, he's getting older. Um, you know, I, and I also like to see, I think they just like bringing in younger guys for this defense. Um, they already have a young core. Um, so I, I think they also really, really like um, Duke Skelly, which we drafted last year from uh, Kansas State. Uh, so he might get a better chance, too, if they do end up releasing him because it's going to free up money, too. And that's kind of a huge thing as well. So I think I think it's kind of bound to happen, not destined to happen, but it, it might happen. And I think I think it definitely would be a positive move for the Bears, unfortunately. But um, I think that we can definitely see that some changes on that cornerback role, especially because I think we're going to continue to draft secondary positions too this year. Um, a couple other things uh, with free agency. We have some own free agents. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to name a couple big ones off and I want you guys to give me one that we most definitely need to keep and one most definitely that just goodbye. We'll see you later. Um, a couple big ones, uh, Danny Trevathan, uh, Han Clinton Dix, um, Let's think. Uh, Nick Williams was a huge part this year. Um, Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, Roy Robertson, Harris. Those, those are the kind of the big guys. So if you if you guys want to go around and say we need to keep and one just to let go. Yeah, um, I think the biggest one that we need to keep. Uh, it's kind of between these two guys, uh, probably Trevathan and Dix. Uh, I was a big fan of Dix this past season. Definitely helped in our secondary, but. Uh, Person that we should really let go, uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, Mr. Polish, it might be time to let him go. Uh, he, he definitely showed some uh, bright spots this season and spots that we needed him. Uh, but out of all those names, I feel like he's the one that's most likely to be let go. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, I'm going to agree. Definitely Trevathan because uh, – he just brings a different sort of mentality to the uh, like a toughness to the defense, and you could tell whenever he's out there, 
the defense looks a whole lot better. Um, I mean, obviously losing him and having Kwiatkowski come in, uh, I mean, great replacement. He really stepped up to the plate, but uh, he hasn't proven anything yet in the league when you got a guy in Trevathan who is a a warrior who's won a Super Bowl uh, and who probably wants to come back to the Bears. So I think he's definitely a guy. And then uh, I think definitely HaHa, he compliments Eddie Jackson uh, pretty well. So I think I agree with you and bring those two uh, guys back for sure. For me, I would say I want to keep Danny the most just because I think with him and and Roquan and Khalil, and I know Khalil's still playing in the end, um, this is a really dominant team, and I think Danny can stay healthy, which that injury last year was kind of a freak injury. Um, I want him still on the team. Uh, I honestly, with Klinkowski, I think we should have traded him. Like, he stepped in and he showed his worth in the league, I feel like. I feel like his, his trade stock was probably pretty high, and I don't know the timing of when he took play, when he started stepping in after Danny got hurt and when the trade deadline was. But if it was possible for us to trade him, I don't see why we didn't because I feel like we kind of all expected him not to come back to the Bears this season. But for somebody to get rid of, I think we can get rid of Roy Robson Harris. Um, yeah, I agree. He was, he was kind of that D lineman that would come in for third downs. Um, and I, he just... He had his moments, but he was I, a mediocre replacement. He was, yeah, he was. He was a mediocre replacement to come in to kind of give some guys some breathers, and that was basically it. And even when when Hicks went down, he still like was he was there, but like he, he his name never got called out. So I can we can get rid of Roy, and I wouldn't really care that much. Yeah, so um, I think I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you guys. Um, Danny, I, I, we need to keep Danny. Danny was a vocal leader. Um, he's he loves. I think he loves Chicago. If you follow him on Twitter, oh, he's definitely. always tweeting about um, if we lose, that we'll be working harder to get back to where we are. And if we win, this one's for you, Chicago, and all this stuff. And that was really cool to see. And I really think that he's a good guy overall, um, good player. He's get. He, he's still thirty. That's still pretty good. Um, Haha, Clint Dix. I have an issue with him. They moved Eddie Jackson from free safeties last year because of Haha. Um, to be able to fit him in there. And I think it hurt Eddie Jackson tremendously. Um, I believe he had he had zero picks last year, right? Did I, yeah, uh, that so. I think so. I'm not I'm not 100% which, on that. Which is, in my eyes, unacceptable. Um, I just don't think Eddie's a strong safety. Um, I'd rather see him at free safety, so I definitely look at HaHa being one of the guys to just kind of be let go. Um Nick Williams, I think they'll bring back. Uh, Nick Kukowski, I hated him at the beginning of the year. And towards the end, I loved him because of how well he stepped up. And I've been hearing all over the place that he's probably gone just because of how well he played at the end of the year. He's going to be probably owed a lot of money. And yeah. I just don't think the Bears have that um, for that type of player right now. Um, so he's probably gone. And then I actually like Roy Robertson-Harris. Um, I think he's – every time I watch him – he, he kind of, you know, he, he might be a third down guy, um, but I, I think he's explosive. He's extremely young. Um, and I think last year, I think he was playing hurt too, though. But um, just kind of moving on, I think we have a lot to kind of deal with this free, free, free agency. Yeah, free agency um, and the draft are going to be huge. So we'll, we'll move on to the draft now. Um, 
a couple positions that everyone really kind of are thinking they're going to address right away is tight end. Like we've kind of spent kind of it's the headliner. They're gonna they're gonna look at tight end. The name has kind of been popping out to me is the number one tight end in the draft, Bryson Hopkins from Purdue. Um, kid's a monster, and, so, and he's he's supposed to be the first one off the board. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, you gotta you gotta get another offensive lineman, um, especially with Long retiring. Um, and we also have some free agents that kind of stepped up last year. So now, got- actually, you know what? Before you move on, actually, I want to talk about Long for a second. I don't know if you guys saw this tweet that he posted a couple weeks ago, but he didn't say he said that he retired, but he said he wasn't officially he said he stepped away. Yeah, he said he was stepped away, and that maybe after this one year he might come back. What do you guys think the chances are that that actually happens? I wouldn't rule it out, um, but like just for him, like I don't know why he would. I mean, he spent his entire basically almost basically his entire career hurt. Yeah. Why would you want to come back? Like his family's already like he's got the money. The Longs are uh, a like renowned name in the NFL from his dad to his brothers. I mean, dude, you you had your time, and I think you, his ship has sailed. It's joy retirement. I well, think. and another thing, it's going to depend a lot on how this season goes for the Bears. If they really need to address uh, any O line issues, like if they if they fix them going into this season, I don't see him having to come back or wanting to come back. And because he said he'd only shirt. come back with the Bears too, he said yeah, he wanted to yeah. go anywhere else. Yeah, that, that's why I think it depends a lot on how this season goes. And if, there, if the O-line's even an issue going into next season. Yeah, and, I agree. And you don't know how he's going to be were, after it, a year off, especially an injury-prone older guy. You know, there, that's a lot of rust to kind of yeah. shake off. You know, there's a lot to consider with him. I, I, I think he's done. You know, he, he said he wanted to retire the Bears. Bears obviously are done with him. Um, and he has that respect for the Bears. I think he also kind of is starting to accept his – his end of his career. Um, if you follow, I'm a big Twitter guy. Follow him on Twitter. Um, he's he's all over the place drinking beer, talking. He, he talks about. He the is all over the, the place. Yeah. Um, I think he's starting to get into radio. I think he's been on six uh, six seventy a ton. Um, so I I think he's a great guy. I honestly, do because I I did I felt bad. I honestly felt bad when he he kind of got hurt and the Bears kind of just gave up on him because I knew he was loyal to Chicago. Um, and he did stick up for Chicago. He was always the first one to kind of get in the scuff, to, and it was—it wasn't for. I mean, towards the end, it was there was some there was some points like, all right, come on now. But yeah. I mean, he was always standing up for everybody in, in Chicago, and I love that. Um, so I, I think he's a great guy. I think he's enjoy. You know, and you see people retiring earlier now too. It's just becoming a trend. People are starting to get more educated on on football safety, and I think he's kind of one of them. Yeah, definitely. Well, he gave it his all, man. Like, yeah. For, as an injury-prone guy, even when he was, wasn't was 100%, he was still out there giving it 100%. So, I mean, exactly. let him let him live his life. Go have fun. He loves cranking beers, obviously. So exactly. Yeah, let him slam those beers and let him talk on 670. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, um, just kind of sticking with the draft, uh, tight end uh, we need to address. Um, like I said, if Prince is gone, we'll uh, have to add another cornerback. Um, have to add O line, um, and I think we need to get another edge rusher too. Um, you know, Floyd. You know, every year he might be taking a step forward, but it's just not. He's a first rounder. Yeah. He 
he's not applying as much pressure as we need him to. Um, so we definitely need to go find another one of the guys of those. But, you know, it's going to be interesting because um, I just, I don't know. This this is our this might be the year for another strong um, mid round uh, draft for Ryan Pace. Uh, we don't have a first rounder again, um, so it's just going to be interesting to see what they do. It, it, I mean, it, it could. We need to go get some more offensive weapons too. I mean, there's. I mean, it, it's crazy to think how we won um, the North two years ago, um, and now we're kind of sitting here feeling like, dang, we need a we need a we need a lot of shit. Yeah, and uh, Chicago boy. Uh, Cole Komet, Bears fans, keep him on your radar. He went to uh, Notre Dame, was a tight end. I uh, saw a lot of projections that they have the Bears picking him up in the second or third round. So it's definitely a possibility that the Chicago boys coming home. Uh, but we'll see on all that. And, of course, Notre Dame. I know you guys can't see it, but I always got my Notre Dame sweatshirt on. So it, I'd be very happy to see Cole Komet come to the Bears. Dude, it sucks, too, because I feel like this draft, yeah, there's a lot of big-name quarterbacks, which the Bears don't need. But this is a very, like, secondary-heavy defensive draft. I mean, you look at – I mean, and this is no secret. I mean, Alabama and LSU breed DBs. And some of the DBs are in the draft, you're like, oh, my God. I wish we had a first round. Mm -hmm. We can snag some of these guys. Um, And in terms of tight end, I think Thad Moss is going to be – uh, he's he's going to go pretty quick. There's no way he can slip to the Bears, but if he did, I'd love it. But um, it, it's such defensive heavy, man, and I really wish we had a pick, but we don't. But I, I never doubt Ryan Pace when it comes to these second-round these second picks. I feel like he always has a good gut going into it. He knows what he wants, and I think he'll pick up something good from the team. And, you know, it's hard to tell with Pace because he's a guy that works in silence, and he really likes making those moves that come out of nowhere and just – like wow, everybody like trading up for Trubisky uh, and <clears throat> the Mac trade, and you know this whole thing with the Bengals taking calls. Obviously, that doesn't mean that they're gonna you know trade up their first pick. But I mean, the Bears were calling about it, so I mean, I wouldn't rule anything out with Pace. I mean, he's proven that like, he's got some big dick energy, and he'll pull pull the trigger on anything. You know, he he kind of thinks for himself and does what he thinks. Uh, is best in his opinion. So, I mean, I just so I wouldn't rule out any big moves, but uh, I just hope we could take care of the needs that we should look at first compared to other things. So, yeah, definitely. And and, and we'll keep in a closer eye on to all this stuff with with um, all, I mean all the well, I can't think of the name right now. Oh, the combine. Okay, so the combine and all that stuff. Yeah. When that comes up, more stuff will come out and more specific picks will be um, kind of predicted, and we'll, we'll definitely dive deeper into that too. But right now it's still kind of far out. Yeah, and I mean, even with free agency, I mean, it, nobody's really been taken off the board yet. So we'll start seeing people starting to go off the board. We'll start seeing more obvious players that might be coming to the Bears. So right now this is really just like a general understanding of what the Bears might be looking at. Might be totally different down the line, but right now this is what we think that uh, the Bears should be looking for to improve. But the players' names that we have said so far, who knows what the names are going to come up in the next couple weeks or even in the next couple months. So definitely up in the air for the off season for the Bears. Yeah, I think I think that kind of caps our Bears off season talk. Do you guys have anything else? 
I think it should be really interesting to see how the three O team for quarterbacks plays out with, yeah. with Brady. And I know Drew said he's oh. going back to New Orleans, but now Teddy Bridgewater's open. Yeah. Where's Phil Rivers going to go? I think it should be really it's going to be a really fun offseason. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, we when we were texting about the uh, Derek Carr picture earlier, I said you know maybe maybe Brady's lined up to go to the Raiders, and now they're looking to unload Carr for cheap or something, and that's why. Maybe it's just not public yet, but I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely. Uh, you never know. Yeah, it's you definitely going to be something that's going to come out of nowhere. I mean, like I, uh, I go back to the Colomac trade. When that came out, that was like, oh, that was the best thing. Oh. Do we look at a? Do we look at uh, Phil Rivers as a uh, potential backup? I think yes. I, I, think, I think yes. Also, got come in and push Mitch. It, I mean, it's Phil Rivers, dude. Like, why would you not want him to be a mentor to a young quarterback? I I see nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Phil Rivers is going to come to be a backup, though. Well, I think that's a good thing. I think it's definitely going to give Mitch a. Uh, he's going to give him a run for his money. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at the competitive side of it, it would definitely be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the biggest goal here is to get a quarterback that's going to compete with Mitch. So, kind of keep him on his toes. And when shit starts hitting the fan, pull that plug. See you later, Mitch. But we all hope the best for Mitch, though. We all hope the best. Yeah, he's a great great guy, great kid. You, won't, you know, it's upsetting to see, you know, the ter- turns his career has taken. But, you know. Who knows, who knows how we're going to be talking about him in the next year. Yeah. Hopefully it's a lot better. Yeah. All right, Pat. We know you've been excited, buddy. Talk about them Blackhawks. So last podcast that we talked Hawks, I specifically remember declaring that the Hawks were back. I fully retract that statement and <laughs> apologize for it because the Hawks are dead. The season is over, and they suck. Um, so they just got off a five-game road trip to Canada, and those were against some teams that were in the wild card race with them, and they took two out of the ten possible points. <laughs> with a pretty decent win over uh, Calgary at 8-4. to four. And then they just played last night against the Rangers. They completely just blew it and didn't stand a chance. The Hawks are currently dead last in the Central Division. Uh, they're 26-26-8. and eight. They're at 60 points, and they're 8 points out of the last wildcard spot. So it doesn't look too promising for the Hawks right now because some of those teams that are ahead of them in the wildcard race are Winnipeg, and there's a lot of Central teams that are pushing for it. It's the... the that wildcard race is going to come down to the wire. It should be fun to watch. But the Hawks are not, not going to be in it this year. And I think there's going to be a lot of questions going into the offseason of what we're going to do. Um, one thing that truly hurt my heart last night was after the Rangers game, uh, I believe it was either John Dietz or Charlie Romeliotis that worked for the Hawks, went in and talked to Artemi Panarin, uh, the bread man, who was bought in the league by the Hawks. And Artemi's exact who- uh, quote was when I played in Chicago, I thought I'd play here my whole life, yeah. and that happened. And when he says that happened, he means it's a trade, and he says it still confuses me. So that year, Bowman traded Artemi Panarin and Nicholas Yalmerson, and he still has his job. So let that sink in that the Redman and Kane can be on the same line right now. Well, I think I think that was uh, you know overlooked a lot because we were getting Sad back, and you know Sad was a a solid guy for us before we got rid of him. And another thing was, 
I think the front office for the Hawks were expecting Panarin to want a huge contract that they didn't want to pay him, so they figured they'd get something in return. Which is idiotic because he's worth every penny the Rangers are paying him right now. You know, and I have nothing against Saad, but it just makes me dislike the guy, the fact that we gave Panarin away for him. Like, I I don't know why. It just, Saad just leaves. Like, it's just, I know it's not his fault, but, like, the fact that, (laughs) like, Leaves a sour taste. That piece of shit, Sod. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not your fault. You, f- oh my god. I mean, Sod's not a bad player at all, but he's he's start he's actually starting to like produce a lot more recently in the past and, and down the stretch, and you know you, you like to see that, but I mean, but uh, we would much rather have Sod oh and so Jolmerson. Oh. Yeah, I was never a fan of this. Like, oh, let's bring. Back all the guys from the Stanley Cup team to help it good for us. They did it with Sada, they did it with Bowen, they did it with Kane or with uh, Sharp. It's and they carried through Steve too. They all brought him back and they sucked. Like Bowman had to he did it with four players that didn't hit him that they're not good anymore. And we gave away one of the best players that the Hawks ever had skate in their jersey for Brandon Sod, and he's now producing stupid points and making a shit ton of money. Yeah, but right. man, Brandon Saad was a great guy for us. You're acting like he was, we got uh, we traded him away for so nothing. I mean, Sharp. obviously, obviously, so yeah. But Patrick Sharp was also how old when he came back? He was at the end of his career. We brought back a 24 year old Saad who won how many Stanley Cups with us? I mean, you're acting like we we got a piece of shit back. In return for Panarin, I mean, which isn't the case. Obviously, he's not he he isn't producing the way Panarin was for us. But I mean, yeah, got some credit, man. Like you're acting like he's worthless. He okay, so Sad's not worthless. I can agree with that. But okay, Jay, answer me this: Would you right now? Would you rather have Sad or Panarin? Not even close. Oh, Panarin, and the reason for that is because. Kane is just getting better and better and producing more and more. And just the way him and Kane meshed and complemented each other, I think that was the biggest dumb reason like for the whole trade. I mean, obviously Kane was disappointed in getting rid of Panarin. And Kane, was, so Kane because, literally talked like he lost a brother. I mean, oh, exactly. Like, I mean, I think that that, that was the stupidest thing because – that line with those two guys was arguably one of the best lines in the league. And they just took it and, you know, threw it in the garbage. So, Dude, just imagine taking, like, Jose, Yo-Yo, and Eloy and just sending them on their own way. And just breaking apart that. Pat, that's Pat, what he did. With, Pat, that's what he don't, did. That's don't. What he did with that's not even comparable. No, it, I mean. Yes, it is. I mean, it is comparable, but don't put that in my mind, Pat. Like, please. No, I mean, dude, they're locked up. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be anything to worry about. Oh no, I know, but you never know with Chicago sports. You really never know until they trade them for some guy that they had on the 2005. James Shields. Yeah. No, we bring back John Danks. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give up Tadas for James Shields. Yeah, let's do that. Um, But back to the Hawks. Uh, One thing I do want to point out last night during the ceremonial puck drop. It was a really cool experience. Uh, it was Kane and Panarin taking the puck drop, and it was Jack Jack Callahan, I believe, from the Miracle team that did the uh, center puck, center ice drop. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. he's from Oakland, uh, isn't he? Or from around there? He's from, 
He's from like EP, I think, actually. Yeah. Uh, Which is a super. For cool the people experience. that don't know, EP is Evergreen Park. You Southside fuck. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. So it's near Chicago. He's near our hometown. Um, and he he did the whole ceremony with Snare and and in Kane. It was a really cool experience. And just seeing those two together, Kane there, just brings back memories, and I, I really miss it. But um, so I want to move on to the trade deadline that's coming up uh, Monday. A lot of shit's going to be happening. A lot of shit. There's going to be a lot so of rumors either, swirling around. Either nothing's going to happen with the Hawks or a lot's going to happen with the Hawks. I don't see them being in between. And I have three players that are kind of really sticking out to me that are on the hot seat. Um, one is Eric Gustafson. You guys know I don't oh, like Gus. Send him. Send him to the sun. Send him to the sun, man. Um, Gus is a great offensive-minded defenseman, and he's great to have on the power play. And I said this in our first Hawks Talk podcast, um, that his trade stock was highest last season after the season ended because he put up stupid points in the power play for the Hawks. There's been a lot of D-men that have been uh, dealt already in the trade before the trade deadline. Maybe so it's scaring me that there win. were a lot of offers yeah. for Gus to go, and they haven't hit on him, so he might be staying, which I really hope he, he isn't because I want to get something out of him. Because I'm not going to lie, there are contenders that are going to want him on his their team because if he's such a good defenseman to have on the power play, um, I'd like to see him go, and I think he would be a, he would be a good pickup for a contender. Um, I think he would be if he's a solid. If you already have a solid first power play, he's definitely a good guy to have in the second second shift of the power play. But I think Gus is probably the number one player that could go. He's nice, and then, you guys. You better have you better have. Yeah, I think it's kind of what's concerning all Hawks fans, including myself. It's very scary to see where it's going to go, and it's 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 Robin Leonard and Corey Cocker. And I want to see. Thank I, you. I already know what this yeah. is. Corey Cocker, wanna... overrated. <laughs> oh, you shut your ever. damn mouth! Go, oh my did god! Not win us those cups. Our defense won us those cups. Crawford got picked apart against the Bruins. Crawford was overrated. He should have been gone two seasons ago. Oh and that's my just God. my hot take. Yeah, Sorry. I, let, let, me, let me get so, a quick take on this, too. Yeah, go around. Go around. I want to see what you guys Obviously, I know Jay Wilder, but P.D. and Brandon, I want to hear what you guys Corey want. Crawford. He's done. Yeah, so I have a couple of things. So I really don't have anything against Crawford. Um, you know, he is getting up there in age, uh, and he, he has some weird injury freaks that I really don't understand, but um, I think that we need to keep Leonard just because how young he is, and um, just I think he's. I mean, our defense is so shitty; we can't even fucking like. It's so shitty. How I, I'm gonna fucking get on my soapbox real quick. <laughs> our defense is so shitty. We're making these two fucking really good goalies look like dog shit. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I watched a Blackhawks game and there's fucking one on ones. And the issue with Robert Leonard is is too is. He has, like, a fucking mental brain block when it comes to, like, one-on-ones, dude. He just can't do it. Yeah. He, he can't block a shootout. I don't know why. No, shootout, breakaway, no. In front of him, he can do everything. He's a great goalie. But when we have shitty defensemen, it just fucking makes me so pissed. But I think we need to keep Leonard. Okay. All right. So I'm going to disagree with JMPT and say that we need – well, here's the thing with Leonard and Crawford, and I think this is a big part of the decision – Pat, we kind of got into this before we started recording. Uh, Leonard, has he's very active on social media and is not afraid to say whatever he wants to, and I love that about the guy. Uh, he, he pointed out that he wants to stay in Chicago, 
but he needs to get paid. He he's not going to take a deal. He's not going to wait around. So I think that if the Blackhawks and Leonard don't agree upon some kind of extension or create a plan for him to come back for the next couple seasons, that he's going to be the one to walk because Leonard's going to give you more than what Crawford would. And if you're not going to give Leonard the extension, he's just going to walk in free agency this offseason, then why not get something for him? So if I were to say right now, there is a very slim chance that Leonard's actually going to get that extension, and therefore I think that Leonard should be the one to go and just kind of hope that Crawford can uh, hold his own. And like PT said with our defense, is just dog shit. So it's going to be tough to keep Crawford as solid as he, sh- he should be. But with the shitty defense, it makes things tough. Yeah, so, Oh, go ahead, Pat. No, go ahead. Go ahead and do ran out. Yeah, no, I was just going to uh, – I mean, obviously Leonard – as of right now, he's a better goalie than Crawford. I don't think. Yeah, that's, I agree, hundred percent. That's a question. Um, but if I'm the Hawks, you know, I'm going all in on him because you know, with as shitty of a defense that, as we've had this year, uh, Leonard's really showed that he could hold his own. Um, I think the Hawks should be all in on him and build a good D line around him and let let's see what he could do with two good D-men in front of him, and I think the, that's why I think the Hawks should be all in on him and bringing him back. So Yeah, Bo- Bowman, I'm calling you out right here. If you don't sign Leonard to an extension, that money better be spent on some defenseman. Not Crawford either. Better not be spent on him. <laughs> uh, I, no, Craw- once Crawford's contract's up, he's gone. He's He's done. He's... I think it's time for him to call it a career when his contract expires. So uh, I'm going to agree with Brandon on this one. I'm going to keep Corey Crawford, and here's why I'm going to. Oh do that. my god! No, no, this listen, is just it, it's, awful. You're supposed to be our Hawks guy, man. What kind of take is that? Well, he, hear me out. Hear me out. Um, so Leonard's going to get. He's going to pull in more capital on a trade than Corey will. Leonard's 28. He's having a hell of a season. Is this enough fluke? And, and, and kind of go back to like when we had Scott Darling as a backup during the playoffs. Brandon cuts us out because we're screaming in the background right now. Give me a second. Oh, oh since you brought up Scott Darling, I, go, was, go ahead. I was a huge advocate for getting rid of Croft for then, too, and keeping Scott Darling. Just wanted to throw that out there. What is – what is? oh, okay, anyway. Um, We miss you, Scott. Um, If you're listening, Scott. If you're listening, Scott, we miss you. So, Robin's going to pull in more capital on a trade. Young, he's having a hell of a season. More teams are going to walk in for a playoff run where you're able to have two solid goalies. He's going to pull in more trade capital run. We're going to get a better bank for our buck if we trade Robin. And two, I'm keeping Corey because, yes, he's 30. He's loyal to Chicago. Yes, he always will have a place in my heart no matter what. I don't care about the injuries, not the tough seasons. I, I love Corey. I want to get rid of him. Two, he has a partial no-trade clause. So if he do, does get traded, he's going to have to work the moment and the front officer going to have to work around that. Three, in the minors for the Rockford Ice Hogs, we have Kevin Lankinen, uh, Finn, who's 24 years old. is absolutely phenomenal. He's playing on top of his head down in the minors right now. <laughs> 
I want him to be. I want so I want Robin will go after the season. Lankin is going to move up, take the backup position, and I want him behind Corey Crawford, a dude who's won two cups. That's I just, want him behind Corey. Um, that's just insane. And two, just kind of following up with the whole trade talk, uh, there were tweets sent out that if Robin and the front office for the Hawks can't negotiate on any deals right now, Robin's going to stay strong. He's going to stick to his guns. He wants the money. Um, if they can't negotiate any talks, they're going to trade him. And we'll say the two biggest suitors for him are going to be the Carolina Hurricanes and the Colorado Avalanche. But realistically, I think Robin is going to go. Um, whether it's through the trade deadline or at the end of the season, I think Corey's here to stay. And I do think Lankin is going to come up and take uh, that backup spot. He's going to take behind Corey. That's what I want. Um, but like I said, with the trade deadline, either a lot's going to happen with the Hawks or nothing's going to happen. But regardless, the season's over. No matter what they do, they're not making the playoffs this year. They'll make, they'll make a push like they did last year and give us hope, even though it's unrealistic. But, yeah, they're done. They're dead. They're going to suck me back into it. They're going to yep. They're going to give my... us hope and then just squash it. We're going to get to the end of the season where it's straight again. It's all games against Central Division. We're going to play like lose twice or something. And we're going to get slaughtered. And it's going to break my heart. So I'm trying not to again. Play again. But it's going to happen just like it did last year. Yeah. Sounds about right. So will uh, be there for you. Don't cry. Yeah, we will we'll be there for you. Uh, Barstool Chief is also in the same boat. So don't you worry, Pat. Yeah, um, Chief. Chief, Chief, I love, Chief knows. Yeah, I love how everybody tweets at Chief after the game. Chief, I'm sad. Please make me happy after this. And Chief usually will have something like to say to, like, don't worry, like, we're okay. And, like, yesterday after that loss against Rangers, he's just like, I'm just sad as you are. We're, we're kind of screwed. I don't have anything to say to you guys. Well, I, re- I read he just did an article on uh, this upcoming offseason, and I, I think he was right. Uh, he definitely said that, a rebuild would be the wrong move. They just need to look to retool because they definitely have the pieces, and we've seen glimpses of it, glimpses of it. But they just need guys that are going to fit better and just make the team more complete. And I mean, you're not going to win with only a handful of guys that are solid players and a bunch of guys just as fillers. I mean, obviously we saw, we've seen it with the White Sox. So I mean, they just need to. Do what they need to do, move some pieces around, and do a retool, and you know, see what next season, what happens next season. I mean, I, they're not a bad team. They got, like I said, they got guys. It's just all about pieces fitting together, right? So, I completely agree. It's up to a retool and not a rebuild because I mean, look at Dominic Kubik. He's a rookie. He's got 25 goals this season. Right? He's playing. He's playing out of his mind, out of his skull. Playing out of. Uh, we have the pieces. We have Payne. We have Kane. We have uh, Strom's, or Strom's having a good year. Kuwi's having a great year. The Brinkett just hasn't shown up at all this season. He's just having a really tough year, which Sox had the year he had last year. Um, we have the pieces. We have Kirby Doc. We got Boquist. It's We just need a couple little more like tools, like you said, and we'll be okay. Like We have the pieces, and you know I'm still not full in on Jeremy Collin yet. Oh, um, but like I said, we don't. We the last thing we need to do is piss away the last years of like Taze and Kane time. That we, we cannot can't do it. Are we out on Colleton? I know Pat years just said that you're kind of Late, lately. Like yes, dude. Like I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I want. I like him, but I don't. I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, I don't. Know. I don't know either. I, I, I have no idea. It's kind. Of, it's it's so random with all the managers in Chicago right now. Like, I just don't know what the fuck to think about anybody, whether it's Jim Boylan's bum ass or. Uh, I almost said Rick Ross. Uh, Dave, <laughs> David Ross kind of come out of nowhere. So, it, uh, Chicago, oh boy. This is like, this year is like the prototypical Chicago sports year. It's just so all over the place, and who knows what the fuck's going to happen. It's definitely not as bad as Boylan. That's, that's a fact. Well, here's the thing with Colleton, man. <clears throat> He's not good with making adjustments, especially on the fly. And, you know, he's just not a guy that seems to have any fire or any competitiveness. You know, he's just a, a really laid-back guy who doesn't seem to hold guys accountable. And, I mean, you're not going to win unless you, you know, call people out and make the adjustments and changes you need to make. Yeah, no, Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at Q on the sideline or on, in the box last season. He, I mean, you, everybody knows the iconic Q when his face gets beat right and he's pissed off beyond belief. You don't see that with Colin, man. Like, you need to have a coach. Like, I feel like it's us three years in our time being like athletes, if you can call myself an athlete. Like, I feel like most of us enjoyed those coaches that were like crazy almost, that were super strict, that would get on your ass. Well, I'd much rather have a, a coach that was super strict. And would call people rather than a coach that was laid back and let things happen. Well, not even that it's strict. Not even that it's strict because, you know, you could have a coach that, you know, you could joke around with outside of practice and stuff and, you know, be cool with. But when it comes time to practice, you know, it's all business. You know, doesn't matter how close you are, how good of a relationship you have, you know, he's going to tell you. You're, you're not doing something right or you're in the wrong spot or, you know, you're really screwing the team over right now, you know, like, and he just has this soft mentality and it, it's just like you said, you could see the difference between coach Q's mindset and uh, coach Colleton. It's huge. It's, it's blatantly obvious. One guy has a fire lit under his ass and the other guy, you know, he looks like he's falling asleep on the bench and, you know, I think they're, I, I just think that was a rush move. You know, they threw Coach Q under the bus and used him as a scapegoat. And now they're, you know, this is what happens from that rush decision. Yeah. And uh, kind of sticking with the strict coach kind of thing. Or I, uh, I don't even know if it's, yeah, I would say strict, but I mean, more like hard nosed and wants yeah. to get shit done. That's a better, that's a great that's word. A uh, yeah. but I, I don't, a lot of people have probably been through this where they go from a hard nosed coach to a laid back coach, the approaches and the getting to prep, showing up to practice, showing up for games. It's two totally different mindsets with those two different kinds of coaches. Quinville was probably like, all right, lock the fuck in. Uh, who knows what Colleton's saying. He might just be like, hey, we'll give it our best effort tonight, see what happens. Quinville is definitely, we're going to fucking win this game. We're going to go balls to the wall. I can't even imagine some of his pregame speeches. They probably fucking lit a fire under their asses. But uh, 
going from that strict or hard-nosed of a coach to, I wouldn't necessarily call Colleton soft, but he definitely has a more softer approach than Quinville does. It's a big difference to the players. I, I, it was last episode where I was talking about routines a lot with starting pitchers. Well, it goes the same with players, too, just overall in sports with their coaches. If they have a more hard-nosed coach, they're going to do shit right, and they're going to have a routine, and they're going to have the same routine. They're going to do it right. They're going to do it right every time because they don't want uh, Quinville or the hard-nosed coach to light a fire under their ass because... It's accountability. Exactly, accountability. And with Colleton, it just seems like... I wouldn't say he's scared, but he's definitely not as aggressive with players like Kane or Taze as Quinville was. For one, they're closer to age than Quinville was, so that also adds another whole nother barrier to this story. But Quinville was a well-known guy who definitely had respect from Kane and Taze and from everybody I don't think Colleton necessarily gets that same respect that Quinville has. So that even causes a bigger relationship block between the coach and players. It's funny because I was actually just going to ask you guys if you thought he had the locker room's respect. Uh, As a head coach, I think, especially in hockey, I think that there's always respect for the head coach. But Quinville definitely brought in more respect than Colleton is right now. I want to just point this out for you because it, to me, it, it, like you said, going from a, a, a coach like Hugh to a coach like Colleton, um, Jeremy Colleton is 35 years old. You guys want to take a guess at how old Duncan Keith is? 38. 36. Imagine having to listen to listening to a coach who's younger than you when you're a defenseman who's got three cups underneath himself. Or like Taze. Taze is 31. I imagine Kane's probably 31, 32 as well. Imagine having to listen to a coach who just came into the league, who won this, when Cowden played in the league for the Islanders, he didn't really do much. Going from a co- going from a gap between Hugh and Cowden, and you got guys that are older than the coach, or you got guys like Pat, or Kane and Taze that are a couple years younger, but they have three cups underneath himself. It's a, it's a hard change for those guys to go to, especially. I feel like it's hitting Taze the most, because Taze is the one who shows his emotion on the ice, where, where Kane doesn't really do that. And I feel like lately, Taze has been having a meltdown on the ice by getting penalty after penalty, and just losing his mind. I look back at the, in the playoffs when, when Taze took that stupid penalty against Detroit, and Zeeves went in the box and kind of hit him on the head. He's like, dude, get your head out of your ass. Like, you're all right. We're going to get this. And Taze, he was one who called. I'm out for accountants. It's like, I don't really want to like get on Taze's bad side because like that's going to cause us to lose the locker room. And it's just, it's, it sucks. And I want to give it some time because you can't throw a new coach into a situation and prosper, just especially in hockey. And especially with the way the Hawks like team is built around those core guys that have been on the Stanley Cup team for three years or yeah. they got the three Stanley Cup. I want to give it some time with Calvin, but also just like some of the stuff Calvin says after the games, man. I'm like, dude, like, I'm losing respect to you as a fan. The county knows what it's like in the locker room with, with those veterans like Hayes, Kane, and Hayes, and Kane, and, and Keith, and, and Corey, and all those guys. Man. I don't know. It's yeah. a tough situation to be in for the Hawks. Yeah, and I mean, now going on to the other side of town, we'll kind of move on from the Blackhawks now, where uh, 
a head coach is definitely having a hard time in the locker room. Uh, you could see it with the players and everything, Jim Boylan. Uh, I, I don't really want to necessarily talk about the Bulls right away, even though this is Bulls talk right now. I want to talk about the All-Star game this past weekend. I want to kind of get your guys' feel on how it went. Uh, I, I want to start right away with a discussion on this, uh, like the skills events and everything. It just, I don't know, but to me it just felt different this year and not in a good way. I I hated, I don't, this is just like a pet peeve I guess I had during the skills event, but why the fuck was it so dark in that fucking arena? Like, you couldn't see the fans or nothing. I mean, early earlier on in the beginning, when they were doing the National Anthem and they were scanning around the seats, it looked, it looked so empty. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but there were so many empty seats. I know that's not why that they had the lights off. But I just feel like that right away just kind of had me to a bad start with the All-Star Game weekend with Chicago. Uh, what do you guys feel about how the skills events went? Uh, well, <clears throat> I was actually uh, I was working outside Saturday night at the United Center, so uh, the only thing I got to see were clips and stuff of the, like that of the All-Star Game or of the all those Saturday night events. But I mean, from what I saw. There were a lot of people there. Tickets were resale for tickets for Saturday night. The cheapest were like three fifty. I mean, I, like everyone was coming out for this. Obviously, basketball is huge in Chicago. Um, Chicago is a huge, you know, city to have hosted. You know, a lot of people are here. Like I just said, a lot of people are into basketball here. Huge basketball city. Great history with basketball. Um, so, I mean, from what I saw for the events, I, the skills competition, you know, obviously they changed it up a few years ago, adding big men to it and stuff like that, changing it so it's guy one or a player against another player instead of being timed and all that. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's, here's my thing. I don't understand. Bam Adebayo, great player. Obviously, probably going to win. Big boy, yeah. Yeah, probably going to win most improved player, but if you're a uh, guard in the skills competition, you lose to a big man. Yeah, you not not too, happy. Not, not, not too happy. Something's wrong. It's a tough scene. It, it's, I mean, a, it's a very tough scene. And that's not taking anything away from Bam, because like I said, he's having a great season, uh, you know, but I just feel like skill players should be a faster than a power forward. They should, you know, be able to make a three better than a power forward. And that's pretty much all the contest consists of. Oh, and passing. I mean, so, you know, that's it for the skills competition. I, I mean, obviously, shout out Bam Adebayo. Shout out. Only if you're listening, if you're listening Bam, shout competition, out. Yeah. Uh, from the Heat. And then to the three-point contest, you know, obviously the only player representing the Bulls and Zach Levine didn't really put put on much of a show. He did all right. He did he did all right. I didn't you know, he's a good shooter. I didn't expect him to win it. But you know, it was good that we had at least one guy representing the Bulls. Uh who won that again? Buddy Heald, right? Yeah, he won it on the last shot. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's exciting, but I mean you know, at some point 
you know, I, I guess I'm, I can't imagine that many people are tuning into the Saturday night events anymore. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, it just gets so repetitive unless you got a, uh, your favorite player in something, you might watch it. I honestly haven't really watched it in a few years. You know, like I haven't been like, Oh man, I'm going to sit down and watch Saturday night events for the all-star game. I haven't been like that for a few years. But, uh, I mean, when it comes to the dunk contest, all I'm going to say about it is uh, I don't think Aaron Gordon got robbed. You know, he didn't actually clear Taco. Taco kind of, you know, leaned forward, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, Derek, Derek Jones, right? Yeah, yeah, Derek Jones, he was yeah. The, he, was the, he, he was the winner of that dunk contest. I'm not saying Aaron Gordon had a bad dunk contest. You know, great dunks. There were a lot of great dunks. But... I just think Derrick Jones was the winner of that contest. Yeah, I agree with uh and honestly, going what you were saying, Jay, with uh how you haven't really watched the skills competition events in the last couple years. I haven't either. Really the only reason why I watched it was because it was in Chicago. So I kinda wanted to, you know, experience that. Uh and the again, the only reason I really watched this was to watch the dunk contest as well. Um and I agree with you that people are kind of blowing it out of proportion that Aaron uh, Gordon got robbed. Uh, and I think another thing that kind of blew this up even more was that this was the second time that he supposedly got robbed. Uh, but I think we can all agree oh, that... Oh, the, no, the first time he got robbed. Yeah, the first time he I definitely got robbed. Yeah, yeah, first right. time he definitely got robbed. Uh, this time, I don't think he did as much. Derek Jones Jr., I, I honestly feel bad for the guy. Uh, if you were listening to the broadcast, you could kind of hear some boos going on. And uh, it, it kind of takes away from an athlete when they accomplish something so great and to have people booing you, especially in a dunk contest. Like, honestly, who really gives a shit? Like, you know, like, why do you have to just be booed? Just for entertainment value, you know? Yeah, just, like, cheer the guy on. Be happy that Be happy for the guy. But, again, you're in Chicago, uh, definitely a little bit more of a rougher crowd. So, it was definitely an entertaining... Uh, we boo our own teams here, man. Yeah, we, re- we, we, we really do. We And sometimes deserved. Definitely sometimes deserved. But, uh, so, yeah, overall it was a good dunk contest and everything. Saw a lot of good things. Saw the white boys can't jump. Uh, who was that from the Bucks? Do you guys, do you remember? Ed Connaughton. Yeah, where the white yeah. men can't jump. That was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, no, good dunk contest. Pat, what do you think about the events this past weekend? So I'm in the same boat. I don't really care to watch it anymore. Um, but I, I did like three point contests from what I saw. I think it, it going down to the wire and having Buddy win on the last shot is always going to be fun. It's always going to get the, uh, the attention of the fans. Yeah. Um, with the dunk contest. So, I kind of agree with you guys. I don't think Aaron got robbed nearly as bad as it was um, against Zach a couple years back. My biggest problem with the dunk contest, and I feel like I saw a lot of this on Twitter afterwards, is like they're giving out fifties left and right. Yes, I yeah, I agree a hundred ten percent. It was, I mean, a fifty is a perfect score, and just to be handing out perfect scores like that was definitely unneeded. So that you know, Dave Portnoy says it best when his one bite. You know, if he gives uh, pizza a perfect score, that's saying that what happens when you have another slice of pizza? That's better than that pizza you gave a ten. Yeah, 
then what? Because then, because then they're technically on the same level if you look at yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the whole thing, given the fifties, is stupid. I think they really need to like re, re, retool that. I think they need to bring back the decimal points to make it like, oh, you got like a forty-eight point or forty-eight point five. Yeah. You got a forty-nine, not a fifty. You know, add some value to it. And if they're really trying to rig it, which I heard, I saw that on Twitter afterwards too. That they were trying to rig it so it would be a tie so that the judges would Oh, Pat, when you're done, I'm going to go into a rant. So just and, finish what you guys said. Apparently, it was either D Wade or somebody else. Or was it Scotty who was on the, the, the poll, too? Yeah. Well, Dennis, three, three people gave the Aaron Gordon's dunk not a perfect score. It wasn't just D Wade. Right. Yeah. So, regardless, there was somebody. That, Apparently, from what I heard, somebody screwed up. It was supposed to be a tie. They didn't know the match. So it ended up giving it to Derek Jones straight up, which I don't have any problem with Derek winning it. But the idea, if they're trying to rig this, like, listen, the the, the dunk contest has already trying to kind of lose its galore lately, I feel like. Uh, 100%. 100%. The last thing you do is try to rig it, and then week that it would try to be rigged. It's not a good look for them. Um, but other than that, I really think the 50s is stupid, man. Like, I can go up there. And I can't dunk, but I'll touch that and I'll get a 50, it feels like. like if <laughs> yeah. I can even touch that. Yeah, if you can even touch you know, that. Exactly. Like, my, it's my, that was my biggest takeaway from it. And I heard a lot of people on Twitter and the Barcelona podcast and stuff listen to. It's stupid. It's like, what's the point? Like, well, I think a lot of the whole thing with wanting to tie it, because I think it would they would have done another round. And they would have got to see more. So I think that was... But, I mean, because I don't think they would give it a shared trophy. So. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I'm going to start entering my rant a little bit here. Uh, okay. So during the broadcast, during the uh, dunk contest, especially towards the end, you kept hearing everybody say, oh, it's got to be a tie. It's got to be a tie. Like, no, that is so fucking soft. And you could tell that Derek Jones wanted it so bad and that he didn't want a tie. And the fact that you're just, like, throwing the term tie out so loosely when there's never been a tie, and you could just see it in Scottie Pippen's face. He was getting so fucking done with everybody saying that it needs to be a tie. There needs to be a winner. There's no tie. Like Jay just said, you can't share a trophy. You can't cut it in half and go, hey, you did great, but... You only get half the trophy because you get it on the weekends. Yeah, exactly. It's like sharing a kid. Exactly. You you get it on the weekends. You get it during the weekdays, Monday, whatever the fuck. Uh, it was just it, it it honestly made me really upset that they kept saying that it needed to be a tie. It didn't need to be a tie. Nobody thought that it should be a tie. Besides these announcers, uh, it just it it oh, it just I don't know. It really just took away from the experience for me to keep saying that they wanted it to be a tie. There needs to be a winner. Aaron Gordon did great. Derek Jones did great. What do you expect? They're NBA basketball players who are very above average dunking-wise. Who were picked to be in the dunk contest exactly. because of their ability. Exactly. And they're in the finals, so they're going to pull out whatever the fuck they need to to win. And for them, again, throwing out 50s as easy as they did, it's only going to make the problem bigger. And I couldn't imagine the booze that they would have got in Chicago if they ended up giving it to it, giving it as a tie. It would have, it would have just, oh, that that whole place would have been pissed off. 
Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I think it's just losing its glory at this point. And, like, you can't have guys like Dwight Howard coming back and dunk on us. What do you like, mean, dude? I think that was a guy like Dwight Howard. He won a dunk contest before. Dude, uh, but how long did he win that his, dunk contest? His first dunk. It was like nine years his, ago. His first dunk was not an easy dunk. He literally spread his entire body out, did a complete 360, and and dunked it with one hand. Like that, is, The degree of difficulty for a guy of that size who's in his 30s, that, that's not easy. See, but here's but the like, thing about that is I understand he's 30, he's in his 30s, he's getting old, it's nice to see Dwight Howard in the dunk contest, but what kind of competition is he really going to give? Because you could tell that he exactly. was just there to kind of, I'm Dwight Howard, I want a dunk contest, and I'm just, I'm just here to, you know, for the fans and... To kind of, you know, just be there. And well, besides can, Zach Levine, who do you think – who you can't really name a dunker besides, like, Zach Levine that should have been – like, no name really stands out to me that they missed out on a guy besides Zach but Levine. But you're, you're telling me that there probably isn't a better dunker out there that's better than Dwight Howard and would have put up a better competition against those other guys? Yeah, I, I agree. There's not, not one. Okay, let's hear a name then, Pat. Blake Griffin. I, Okay, Brandon. That, that no, like that's the same thing with Dwight. I feel like Brandon, like Blake had his time to shine. No, yeah, he did the car. Like yeah, but I, Grant, like okay, I don't, I don't, especially with the way the Bulls are this year. I just don't follow the NBA nearly as much as I used to. But I feel like, and I'm sure Zion obviously didn't want to do it because he just got off the injury or whatever. But I feel like there's definitely somebody out there that could have put up a better fight in that group of guys than Dwight Howard would have been able to. That's all I'm saying. Like. Make it more fun. Make it give these young guys a time to shine. Let them show their like. Dwight was just there to be there, and he was was the first round exit. Yeah. Out of the song contest, like I feel like you could have definitely put somebody somebody else definitely deserved to be in there. That's okay, awesome. I do have a few names. I'll just throw <laughs> them out there just because <laughs> he, he's disputing my point. Now well, here's the thing: me. it's 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 pretty interchangeable. I mean, obviously. Like I said, dude, you're you're not giving Dwight enough credit. That is a very hard dunk that he did. No, it definitely dunk. was a hard dunk. But what what other dunk did he do besides that? He did the thing where he wore the cape in honor of Kobe. I think he did it from half or the free throw line. He he, he did he did a step in front, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I mean, two names right off the bat. Obviously, we said Zion didn't want to do it probably because he came right off the injury. Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been showing off freakish athleticism lately. And Ja Moran. Dude, Ja can get up. So those alley-oops I see on Twitter after those yeah. games, dude, he gets up. That's sick. I you feel know, like, granted, like, people, he probably could have done something cool. I see a lot of D-Rose in Ja Moran. A lot. You know, he's really the first point guard since D-Rose to be catching lobs and that has the explosiveness that D-Rose has. And, and to be honest, I think he's more – his skills are more sharp than D-Rose's were. I mean, this this kid's a real deal. So that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, Ja could have put up a better fight than Dwight could have. You're right, right, man. That's why I named him, dude. 
Why, why not? That's why, why I like, just like, said I'll, I got some names and I named them. You're just making your mistakes. You feel strong. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, Dwight, Dwight was there, obviously, because of his legacy, legacy in the past with the dunk contest. But, like, we all know Ja would have put, put up a, a better fight and would have offered more competition against Aaron Gordon and against Derek Jones Jr. So, like, why not put him in there? Give the opportunity for the young guys to shine and show off their athleticism. The kids coming out of college and coming out of the air now are freak athletes. Why not let them get in time to shine? It's a perfect place to do it. It, it really is a perfect place to do it. I mean, because, like I said, and Pat, you kind of pointed to it too, with the Bulls not being too good. Uh, besides NBA 2K, really the only basketball that I've really uh, paid attention to this year was the All-Star game. And the perfect, and I bet you I'm, we're not the only ones either. There's probably a ton of people that tune into the All-Star game just because it was the only thing that was on. Why not have a guy that's brand new to the league, young, that these fans that don't really pay attention can kind of cling on to, kind of draw them into the game a little bit? Because if they see this young star pull off this insane dunk, then it just brings more interest because what's the most exciting thing in basketball, do you think? Dunking. Dunking, exactly. And seeing an electric dunk from a young kid that is most likely the same age or younger than the people that are viewing, like us college kids, it's just crazy to think that kids our age, like Zion, are pulling, like again, Zion, because of his injury, probably wasn't the dunk contest. But just seeing kids our own age do this kind of shit, it just completely just... Puts it into a whole different perspective. Well, here's the thing: you got to remember, a lot of people, you know, for some reason, just don't have any desire to be in the dunk contest. Like LeBron James, for example, he's probably was is the most talented dunker who has not participated in the dunk contest in the history of the NBA. And you know, people have offered him a lot of money. I mean, obviously, he doesn't need it because he's LeBron. He's making boatloads of money regardless uh but i mean there's just some people you know it's just like the home run derby there's great power hitters in the mlb that don't want to get in the home run derby i mean obviously for reasons different than why a guy wouldn't want to do the dunk contest but there's just things like that i mean there is injury risks risks injury risks with the dunk contest i mean Imagine if when Blake Griffin jumped over that car, he slipped and fucking smashed his face on the car. Like, right. there, there. of course it'd be a freak accident, but as a player, when your income is to play the game and you get hurt while fucking around, then, I mean, that's kind of a good reason not to do it. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. But I think I feel like that's, then, then that's the perfect time for what to let those young kids shine. Yeah, no, you're right, Pat. I definitely agree with that point. And, I mean, Jay, you agree with that point, right? I don't think anybody's against having the young kids shine. But, yeah. I think I think they should really, you know, start of the season, whoever's the most electric dunkers in the league, you know, whoever's putting up the most highlights, those should be the first guys considered an ass. Like, whoever is consistently making sports center top tens for their dunks. You know, they're doing just crazy stuff in games. 
those guys should be the first guys asked to be in the dunk contest. Yeah, I agree. I agree, too. Well, I think that's the most that we talked about the Bulls this whole uh, podcast series, and we didn't even touch on the Bulls yet. Uh, So, let's kind of touch on the Bulls a little bit. Can I just say one more thing about All-Star Weekend? Go for it. Uh, Well, from what I heard, ratings were up. Oh, yeah, the game. I heard the game was fantastic. I was driving back to school, so I wasn't able to watch it. But I was I was actually at the game for work. Uh, I was on the baseline behind the stage. Uh, Look at you. It, it was, Look at it you. Was sold out, man. You know, sold out. The atmosphere was electric. And, you know, it just felt different than other All-Star games have felt. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously they got in their highlight reels towards the beginning, but once that fourth quarter hit, man, it was getting chippy. Guys, were, they were the teams were playing to win, and I mean, a lot of people I saw on Twitter were agreeing with that. You know, and I mean that that makes the All Star game way more appealing to a lot of fans, especially I can't remember. Uh, what player said it? It might have been an ex-player. I, I can't remember, but he, they were like, people tune into the All-Star game and expect the best pickup game on the on the planet. You know, these are all the best players in the world right now. They expect to see the best, most competitive pickup game on the planet. And I mean, this compared to other years, that was the case at least in the second half of this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. In the the way that they did the fourth quarter too, like you said, definitely brought out a whole another side of competitiveness. It was just, it was very good, very well planned. And I know a lot of people were kind of upset that of the way they were doing the fourth quarter, but I don't I don't hear anybody complaining anymore. It it, it really worked out well. Yeah, I think it was for me personally. I'd much rather tune into a game. Like an all-star game where like it is it is hard nosed basketball. Nobody like there's it's not like they're throwing up half court shots or throwing up half court bobs playing half ass defense. Like it was like it was legit gameplay in that fourth quarter. Yeah, um, no, I yeah. It. It, it, it was more, it was way more enjoyable to watch when it was that serious. The only thing I didn't like about it was the fact that they won off a free throw. But maybe going forward they can change that. But I mean the, I think the all-star game was actually enjoyable to watch. Like the fourth quarter it was it was gritty basketball. It was really awesome to see. Well, yeah. officiating was god awful towards that end. I do, I, they were I, just, I they the were just blowing their whistle. To, I don't think the officials expected to actually have to ref that game because, like, have they ever refed a true like all star game like that before? Probably not in not. a long time, probably. Yeah, so I don't think I think they were probably caught off guard about it. Well, yeah. they were just blowing their whistle to blow the whistle, and I mean, just from playing basketball, uh, you know, I think. When you're playing a game that's to a certain score, uh, I mean, obviously, you it, wanting to reach that score, you know, you have something to prove. It's not a time limit. You know, you give your, yourself a chance to still win it by reaching that max score. I mean, I think that's what made it so competitive, especially in that fourth quarter, mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, so, I mean, people were complaining about that format. You know, I think, you know, it made it a lot more competitive and interesting that they were both, you know, playing their asses off to get to that final score. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a lot of things that are – the Twitter universe is a great place to be. It is just 
amazing. But the thing that I saw all over Twitter that I would love to see added and that could really put a spin on the skills events uh, is to somehow incorporate a one-on-one type of game. And, I mean, just imagine watching LeBron, James Harden, or Giannis and LeBron go one-on-one. I mean, it would that would just be such a good entertaining factor. And I know for a fact I would watch that every year. I mean... It, well, I think that comes down to who would want to do it and who, would, who wouldn't want to do it. Because, again, playing around one-on-one, you hurt yourself, your season's over. I mean, was it really worth it then? I mean, there's just going to be those guys that aren't going to want to do it, you know, guys that you would want to see do it. Yeah, but you know what, though? I'd rather watch, like we were saying, incorporate the young kids that want to get their name out there. I'd rather watch people go one-on-one than people throw a basketball through a hole. Right? Wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I get it. I think it'd be a lot more competitive atmosphere if there was a one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, so... I think that does that for our all-star talk. Now we'll touch on the Bulls for like, I don't even know, five minutes. Uh, there's not really much going on with the Bulls. Uh, they were close to the they were close to the eight seed. Definitely fell off from that. They're down by 16 at halftime to the Hornets right now. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just bad. Like, there's nothing going good right now. Jim Boylan, there is... I, I hate the slander that he's getting on Twitter and how people are, you know, yelling at him in the tunnel. Uh, I feel bad for the guy in that aspect. Obviously, he's a bad NBA coach. Uh, he's definitely not going to work out long term for the Bulls. But again, like Mitch Trubisky, we always say he's a great guy, and I think the same goes for Boylan. I, you, you can tell that he's a good guy. He has the right intentions. Yeah, exactly. He has yeah, the right he intentions. He he, he's trying his best, even though it may not seem like it sometimes. Uh, but I've, we're not going to talk too long about Jim Boylan because I think everybody in the world has heard enough about Jim Boylan. But I, I kind of want to touch on Colby White a little bit and why he's still not starting in the start, why he's not in the starting lineup yet. A lot of people were saying that after the All-Star break that he would get his shot. Well, we're here after the All-Star break, and there's still no sign of Colby White. We kind of touched on it with the Blackhawks, and and I think it's the same for the Bulls in this this aspect, that it's more of looking towards the future now uh, in not giving – and we saw with the White Sox and even the Cubs, everybody – every Chicago team recently, it seems like, has been through some kind of rebuild except the Blackhawks. Uh, that they need to let the long, the young kids really start to get the experience, get comfortable in these roles. And I, I think it's time that Colby White, and I thought it was time a long time ago that he would become a starting regular. Uh, Jay, what, what do you think about the whole Colby White not starting yet? Uh, I mean, the position the Bulls are in, you know, you may as well start trying to get him ready. I mean, give him a chance to develop because you want him when it's time to actually compete and you got a, a competent team. Yeah, you're gonna want him to be ready to go. You're you're not gonna want him to to just be getting his starting minutes and learning how to play as a starter when it's the wheels are going. You know, right now 
is a good time to learn. It's even a, a better time for him to, you know, step up and be a leader because he's going to be, you know, playing with this team for the foreseeable future. And, you know, a guy that can be with this team from the start of his career when they're down, you know, he's he could be a vocal leader and a guy, you know, that could knows what it's like to not be on a good team and work their ass off to get, you know, this team on track. But, I mean, obviously, they're de- even if they do make playoffs, which highly unlikely, they're going to be an eight seed, and their record against teams above 500 is just god-awful. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, not, it's not looking good. It is not looking good. Give the guys that you see being on this team for the next few years, give those guys the minutes. Do what you could do to keep the guys you got on this team now that you want to be here. Do your best to keep them happy and let them develop and learn and, you know, be ready once the pieces come together, if they come together. You know, you don't know how long it's going to take, but let them at least show what they could do and go from there, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Bulls right now are 10th in the East, and they're like five or I think six or seven games out of that 7th seed. With Kobe, or with Kobe, I think his time's going to come. It's going to come soon, I, I feel like. Um, I think Boylan likes what he's seeing out of him, and, and I think he started off really hot uh, in, in the early part of the season. It kind of came back down to a normal level. But I think his time is coming, and I think Jay's right. He does need to get those starting minutes. He's going to start by the end of the season. That's, I feel like that's a fact. And you want to give him this time It, now it needs to be a fact, yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to give him that time now so that when you know when the team does start rolling, hopefully soon. Well, probably not, though. But when the team does start rolling, you know, Kobe's going to be comfortable sitting in that spot where he's going to be starting, and it'll be good to go. And you can like, rely on him for being a leader, being a, a scorer, and everything like that. So I think it's time to come pretty soon with, with the break, especially if they're getting slaughtered right now by the, the Hornets of all teams, oh, I would yeah. assume it's going to come pretty soon. Yeah, you know what, let's get a little score check real quick on the Bulls. Uh, the second half has definitely started by now. Um, what do you guys think, over or under uh, 10 and a half? Over. What's the score right now? Over or under 10 and a half, they're down. What do you think? And they're playing Charlotte? They're playing Charlotte. Do you think they're... Uh, losing by less than ten or more than, or are they w- losing by eleven or more? I don't know, man. Uh, they suck. They oh, suck. Wife, wife, gonna, either way, they're gonna lose. You, they're, they're they're making it a fucking game now. They're they're making it a fucking game now. They're down by seven. So. Oh wow. So they're they're making they're making a run for uh, a meaningless game, uh, which is uh, very true in Chicago sports. But they always reel us back in and then crush our dreams later on in the season. Uh, but I think that does it for this episode. Well, unless well, if you guys, because huh? there's some some news going around. It's already been yeah. you know in the rumor mill. In the rumor mill. Oh yeah, we, we got it started. We got it started. <laughs> are we talking about the same thing? If we're talking yeah, about we Garpax, then yeah, I we think are. so. It's it's yeah. talks are getting deeper and deeper about front office changes. And I just saw that the front runner is the GM for the Pacers right now. Can't remember his name, but 
It's that uh, guy. It's that guy. Being spoken into existence a lot more. The Pacers are a good team now. They're like six in the East right now. They're a good team. And once Victor gets back to being full out, fully healthy, they're a good team. But I'm glad to see that this, like, it's starting to hit like Reinsdorf that the Bulls are a joke and something needs to change. So I'm glad it's getting out there. But I knew with all the stuff the Bulls have been bad through the past couple of years, I'm not going to believe it until I see it that God has your But the way they ha- the Sox are being handled by the Reinsdorfs right now, I, th- I think Reinsdorf realizes that his that he needs to get a move on with these teams if he wants to see a championship out of any of them. So I, in the way that we're seeing him take care of the White Sox, I think we're going to start seeing – I don't know. It's tougher in the NBA, though, because there's a lot less of a uh, – a lot less of a pool of star players to get in, like, free agency and stuff, so – it's going to be interesting to see how the Bulls turn out, but we'll Just be okay. A shakeup will be nice, man. It'll, it's a needed, it's something that's very much needed, and it's a young team that just hasn't been able to get put on the right track. So, I mean, right now, the best thing that could happen is a shakeup with the guys upstairs, so. Yeah, I agree. So, uh. I got, I got one last thing. Oh, oh, shoot, God. Pat, shoot, Pat, do it. If y'all, if y'all haven't listened to uh, Pardon My Take with Barstool Sports, uh, Joakim Noah was on it. Oh, stop. Pat, like you're bringing all this shit out. First with fucking Panarin and now Noah. Just say it. Uh, Joakim, I, I, I mean, I listened to Pardon My Take every episode. And Big Cat asked, like, what, if, if Derek doesn't go down in that series, and then Joe got hurt in that series too, and... Joe's exact word was nobody was fucking with us. We were gonna hold up that trophy. It's 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 gut wrenching to hear him say that, dude. But like, oh. if you're a fan, go and listen to that. Like, I go and listen to that episode. Listen to Joe Keem talk, man, because he's still a competitor and he's still feisty and he still like gets pissed about those games. That oh, you could see, you could see he was he was really rattled about just thinking about what could have been. It is it, it, it's. I like all of us are in the same boat. It sucks. Looking Shout out. out to that Bulls team, by the way. That was the dude. Benchmark Bulls. Had watching basketball in my life. Those were the days growing up, man. Go listen to that podcast. Listen to Joe talk. It's, as much as it hurts, it also like it makes me think back and how good that time was with the Bulls. Yeah. Was awesome. um, but dude, one of the best teams never win a, a, a championship. Yeah, man. That's see, that's just waiting for that thirty for thirty to come out. But that's all I got. Just go listen to that podcast, man. Listen to Joe talk. Yeah. So uh, that does it for this episode. Are uh, you sure that's it, Pat? Nothing else? Hey, bro. Yeah, man. I'm good. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. And see you in the next episode. All right, boys. Out. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! Deep drive. Wow!
the 20, break.